The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Is your organization a talent magnet? Is your culture the envy of the business market? Top organizations need top leaders. Make sure that you are that leader. This show will ensure that you are. Welcome to I Lead the Leadership Connection with Dr. Linda Sharkey. Leaders today are more than just results. They are about creating legacies of great people, driving winning organizations, and raising the bar for themselves and that of their teams. Now, here is your host, Dr. Linda Sharkey. Hi, I'm Linda Sharkey. I'm your host of I Lead the Leadership Connection, and thanks so much for joining me. I'd also like to thank PricewaterhouseCoopers for sponsoring this program. And the reason I'm talking about that today is because they really are a powerhouse when it comes to leadership issues, change, and talent. I was talking to Tony Cusimano, who's a principal uh, this week uh, at PricewaterhouseCoopers, and we were talking on a whole variety of issues. She's been on the show and uh, I did a series on women in leadership. And, you know, Tony is uh, situated out in Silicon Valley, San Jose. And, uh, you know, it's been troubling that there's been so many articles of late and so much more information out there about why women have not progressed as far as they can and should uh, in 35 years since this issue came out. I was talking to somebody else. Tony came on the show, and, and you know we had a great dialogue of, of the best practice that PricewaterhouseCoopers is in this arena. And then I was talking to somebody else who was in a global role. And they said to me, well, you know, this is really just a yawner. What's new today that, that didn't exist 5 or 10 or 20 years ago? So here's what shocked me. In the business section today of the news, yet again, another article about you know how Silicon Valley entrepreneurs, young up and coming, you walk into any business, any company out there, I used to live out there up until very recently, and you will see tons of highly educated, great women who just get to a certain spot and then it dies. And you know it's being highlighted more and more. So I don't think this is a yawner issue. I really don't. And I've looked for my... Uh, white paper that's going to be coming out on this topic on my uh, website, um, Smashing the Glass Ceiling Once and for All. I think we have to get to the bottom of what really are the biases that drive some of our decisions. Nobody is saying that everybody doesn't have the best of intentions, but the best of intentions are not getting us where we need to be. So listen to some of my previous shows on this topic. I've had Randy White on, who wrote the original book, Uh, Becky Blaylock, who cracked the ceiling, smashed it in her business, and wrote the book Dare, and a couple of other people, including Tony. So I think that this is still an important, an important topic. Enough on that. Because, well, enough on that. 
So I uh, have a guest with me today who I just think is terrific. We met uh, recently. He was a keynote speaker at an at a event that I was at, and he uh, has written some really phenomenal books. The reason why I really like David Knorr is we've all been told over all the years, ever since I've been uh, in, the, in the working world, oh, you have to network, you have to network, you have to mentor, you have to do this. And now uh, with social media, uh, it sometimes drives me crazy. You could spend your life on Facebook and trying to make sure you're managing the network and you're tweeting and you're on Instagram and you know, you're at that event tonight and the, the next event the next night. But I think David has really cracked the code on building lasting and powerful business relationships. You know, he's he's written this book, among many, actually, uh, Relationships, Relationship Economics. And it really is about how you get ROI from the relationships. And it's really return on impact. Uh, he's written numerous books uh, he's a native of Iran and I'm going to ask him to talk a little bit about that he speaks all over the world he's a sought after keynote speaker in some of the best companies fortune 100 companies uh, in the world and I just want to highlight a book that I'm probably going to have to read David that that uh, I didn't but the one on uh, entrepreneurship I'm going to have to get that. But with that, I'd like to welcome David Noor. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me today, David. Linda, my pleasure. It's good to be with you. So how's the weather down there in Atlanta? Oh, we, we escaped. After just celebrating our one-year anniversary of Snowmageddon, we actually <laughs> escaped a uh, close call. So we got a little more rain and sleet than we did snow, but it's uh, slowly recovering. Oh, well, that's good. It's, it hasn't been great here either, I have to honestly tell you. And I, I'm, I'm bemoaning the fact that I moved from beautiful Silicon Valley where it's probably 70 degrees right now and, you know, just really great. Oh, I know the other book that, that I've got to get a copy of, The Entrepreneur, Entrepreneur's Guide to Raising Capital. I definitely need that book. <laughs> a lot of resources so tell me, David, that one as well. Yeah, I, I can't wait. So uh, tell me your story. It's such an interesting story. Sure. Give, me, give me a snapshot of your journey. Uh, you know, you cited a number of times that, you know, you were born in Iran. You came here uh, with $100 in your pocket. You weren't fluent in English. And you've become this phenomenal powerhouse in, the, in, in leadership and learning and, you know, a, a real thought leader. So tell me about that journey. It's uh, very kind of you. Yeah, I, I am the, the quintessential living proof that the American dream is alive and well. Uh, I am originally from Iran. Parents still live there. I have, uh, you get a kick out of this, I have 42 first cousins, uh, 36 of which still live there. So still a big, big tie back wow. to Iran. Uh, I came to the U.S. in 1981, literally with a, with a suitcase and 100 bucks. Uh, I, I didn't know anybody. Uh, I lived with some distant relatives that I hadn't seen since birth, uh, and I literally didn't speak a word of English. Uh, it, the first couple of years were particularly challenging, and we went back and got the first through the 12th grade English books and, and uh, doubled and tripled up on English lit and, and uh, started in, in engineering and just always good at math and science. And, but I failed my first history exam because I literally couldn't understand what was being asked. 
I tell that story because uh, over the years there's been several examples of, of, of something from nothing and uh, I, I believe in the, the immigrant DNA. I believe in the amazing opportunities that are in this country for us, all of us. And, uh, and I'm real proud of, of the so many blessings in, in, in certainly my life. But, but a lot of what I do now, which is help individuals and companies really focus on uh, becoming more intentional in the relationships they choose to invest in, I learned at a very young age. And I, and I talk about it in the book that dad dragging me through the bazaars of Iran, running our, our you know, Friday errands, he got things done through relationships. Whether we needed yeah. access to a plumber at the house or an influential politician, uh, you know, above and beyond the, the, the real-world economy that we're all very familiar with, there's a very fundamental favor economy that uh, is very much alive and prevalent in, in very, you know, much of the rest of the world, uh, even in the U.S., that, uh, that I talk about and that I kind of help coach individuals and clients and companies to kind of think more about and lead with those relationships, not really think of them as an afterthought. Yeah. You know, what, what, was, uh, what, what motivated you to leave? You know what, obviously you had, you had so many strong roots in Iran. Your parents are still there. What, what was your motivation? And, and, you know, it takes a lot of guts to, to, to pick up and do something sure. like that. Sure. Yeah. So, so uh, it actually now that I've that I have children of my own, I can't believe what an incredibly unselfish thing to do by my own parents. Uh, as you may recall, late seventies, early eighties, uh, the Islamic Revolution happened, and and just my parents realized there may not be a whole lot of future for me back in Iran. So, so I, I started applying to a bunch of schools abroad, and like I said, some distant family that that I hadn't seen since birth were kind enough to, to, to agree to watch me initially was going to be for a summer. And uh, as I came here and, and, and started to adapt, and, and by the way, Persians are incredibly adaptive culture. My wife and I were vacationing in Paris, and we met some Persian in Paris that, that have likewise have done phenomenally well. And so, so I came here originally for a summer, and uh, I think you know, the aunts and uncles and they all realized there's no sending this kid back. I was a teenager, and... Uh, if you also remember the history back then, it was just Iran was just embarking on that 10-year Iran-Iraq war. So, Linda, right. I, it would have been my future would have been bleak at best if I'd gone back. So, yep. again, uh, aunt and uncle decided to keep me here, and uh, and here we are now, 30 some odd years later. Oh, good, good for them, and good for you. You know, uh, it's so interesting that you talk about uh, relationships and favor economy. You know, I, I do a lot of consulting. Uh, and work with leadership teams and companies. And it is more about relationship than it is almost anything else, even in American-based companies. And I'm sure you see that too. You want to make a comment about that? Because yeah, you, you, you said that. It's not just a global. Sure. I just booked a speaking engagement in Dubai. I was there several times last year. And, and you know, every international trip reiterates for me that, that I, and I say this in the book, unfortunately, you know, the, if you think about it for a second, the rest of the world, if your audience has ever traveled or has done you know, business abroad, the rest of the world builds relationships first from which they do business, right? In recent trip to Beijing, yes. I had a four-hour lunch with an executive. You invite anybody to a four-hour lunch here in the States and they would look at you like something's wrong with you. But in the rest of the world, your genealogy, where you come from, what you've done, what, you know, who introduced you, all of those things, who you are, 
matters far greater volume and, and, and depth than any product or service that we, that we may provide. Unfortunately, you, you come to the States or even, I would say, North America, or even a lot of Western countries have become so transactional in many ways yeah. that if and only if the business part works, then we'll think about the relationship. Hence the disconnect when we go into environments and they don't look like us sound like us or come from our backgrounds. And I think there's a real opportunity for us, particularly in a low-trust environment, to go back and really think about the value, the strategic value of leading with a relationship first from which we do business. You know, I think you you, you just hit on something that's really near and dear to my heart, and I, I've been talking about this uh, on, on some other shows and writing about it, but, uh, you know, in this global economy, if you cannot deal with these differences and get connected with people and take the time to build the relationship and get connected with them at an emotional level, you're not going to be successful. Mm-hmm. And we found that leaders that we, we term it pragmatic uh, flexibility, you know, really take that time to understand the values where people are coming from, their lineage and genealogy, and it makes all the difference. I think that's exactly what you're saying too, right? That's exactly right. And, and again, I believe relationships should be the arrowhead not the feather at the tail end of the arrow. Yeah, that's a great, great point. We're going to be coming up in about a minute uh, to break, uh, David, but I, I wanted to read this. It was from uh, Alan Weiss who wrote the uh, preface of your book and, and, uh, or the forward of your book, and I just love this statement. But he said, logic makes people think, but emotions make them act. And that's exactly your point. You know, we lead with the, uh, the, the thought process rather than the, than the emotional area. But then he said, brands form emotional connections. Relationships are the most essential conductors of emotion. So how do these relationships build that sort of emotion and brand from your point of view? Yeah, I, I am in a very simple approach, I want to give you a four-step process, right? Like me, mm-hmm. know me. Trust me, pay me. It works in that mm. sequence. And people who, people who try to circumvent it shoot themselves in the foot. Johnny Carson used to say, there's a certain likability factor to all of us, right? Now, I don't advocate people to try to be somebody they're not. But if there's a likability factor to you, people are going to invest, most are going to invest to get to know you. If they get to know you, hopefully they can see opportunities where they can trust you. Only when they trust you. Will they buy from you? And not just, again, products or services, but also information, insights, uh, unique perspectives. So Alan's exactly right. We, your relationships are between individuals. And unfortunately, a lot of companies don't get this point. I don't have a relationship with your company's logo. I don't have a relationship with your company's building. I have a relationship with John, who works there, or Nancy, who works there. So, so when we build relationships, we create that emotional connection and we associate that individual as an ambassador, as a representative of that brand. And that's what loyalty is about. It's not about a card or number. It's about the experiences that others help us feel and create. Yeah, that's so good. We're, we're ready to take our break now, David, but um, let's, we're going to explore that even more, that whole trust factor and, and that relationship factor. So we're coming up on break. Stay with us. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. As your business grows, are you growing with it? Do you have the right balance of time, attention, work, and personal life? Take the growing pains out of growth and tune into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidle. If you are spending most of your energy managing problems rather than focusing on taking your business to the next level, our program will give you the steps you need to make sure you have everything in place for forward-thinking business leadership. The Business Edge is heard every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. If you have a loved one that is undergoing treatment for substance abuse or mental illness, you owe it to them and yourself to tune in to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. This compassionate and educational talk show will help you help those that you love by better understanding their condition and their personal recovery process. Tune in every Monday at 12 noon Pacific Time to One Hour at a Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Recovery begins this hour. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to iLead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to one 866 Four seven two five seven nine zero. That's one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag #IleadTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now back to I Lead the Leadership Connection. Welcome back. I'm Linda Sharkey. I'm your host on I Lead the Leadership Connection, and we're having a great dialogue with David Knorr, a keynote speaker, a great author, current book, Relationship Economics. Uh, and we're talking about, you know, how you build ambassadors and how you build on relationships for that emotional connection. And, and David was making such a phenomenal point about, you know, people don't have a connection with, you know, a logo or, you know, a building. They have a connection with the people that they know uh, working in a place. So I always say to people, make a friend, not an enemy. And there is sort of this view that, you know, sometimes leaders have to be the smartest person in the room and they have to say that, you know, they have to have the last word and they have to really show how critical and analytical they are. And this does not build an emotional relationship with other people, which, you know, what are your thoughts on that, David? I'm sure you see that all the time. Yeah, you you, you can't so... so in my experience in working with you know individuals and teams and companies and uh, Linda I'm a big believer that there's enormous value in intelligence right so I'm going to go one step further I think it's very difficult to train anybody on intelligence um that aside uh empathy 
is is another one that's just incredibly under uh, understood. Uh, it, it's not nearly as well understood. It's not nearly as as, as well appreciated. And those who have empathy in, in the manner in which they walk in the other person's shoes, right? They become great advisors. And you and I know some, I, I like to think you and I do some of that in our daily lives, but within an organization, those who, I, I talk about listen louder, and they listen more intently, and they really hear not just what the person is saying, but what's unsaid. And not just what they're saying, but why they're saying it and what they're struggling with. And, what, and, and none of us are an island. If you're, if you're trying to read more, God bless you. If you want to lose some weight, fantastic. That's great. You want to do almost anything else, you're going to need other people to help you get there. And, and if we become more intentional in those relationships we invest in, by starting with empathy, by starting by listening more to what they're saying, what they're not saying, uh, I think it helps us see that situation, see the scenario, see a better outcome together uh, much more effectively, much more impactfully. So intelligence aside, your ability to listen, engage, and influence others, I believe is a much stronger accelerant to your personal and professional growth, to you getting promoted, to you getting that next deal, to you finding a soulmate, to all the things we need other people for. Those are a couple of critical, critical data points. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, you know, when we did this research for Winning with Trans Global Leadership, what we were trying to do was find what are the five, you know, important dimensions, not all the competencies, but what really is going to make somebody excel in a global environment. And and as it turned out, statistically correlated to leadership effectiveness and biz, business outcomes mm-hmm. is perceptive responsiveness, which is our word for somebody who's really able to read somebody else, really tap into them, understand when they're feeling uncomfortable, being able to sort of tease out how they're feeling about things. It's sort of the equation of that emotional intelligence. And, you know, a lot has been written about emotional intelligence, and there's a lot of surveys around it, etc. But how does uh, one really, how do you advise people to tap into their own ability to listen intently? Sure. So, so as I wrote in Relationship Economics, I, I think if, if you want to get better at this, and, and I'm very quickly, I want to delineate, uh, somebody reminded me networking is one letter away from not working. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not talking about I'm not talking about that the transactional get a card, give a card, go work a room. There's a lot that's been written about that and, and a lot of it is important, but a lot of it is also very pedestrian and and it, it, it this isn't me. What I talk about is building deep, meaningful relationships and, and, and those by definition are an investment. So mm-hmm. first and foremost, you cannot invest in everybody equally. So first part of that studentness, and, and, and unfortunately, none of this is taught in our schools. None of it is part mm-hmm. of, uh, to date, I haven't met a whole lot of companies that include this as part of their new hire training program or management development programs. And, and, I, and I, at a cellular level, disagree with a lot of what we're talking about as, oh, that's just soft skills. We've proven accelerated time to traction, accelerated uh, you know, launching a product, reduced customer acquisition costs all of those back to relationships. So when you said earlier return on impact, I, I would argue passionately about the fact that this isn't just a soft skill, it can very much be a quantifiable asset. So to develop strategic relationships, you have to start with looking in the mirror. What are some of the things that other people do that get under your skin? First and foremost, make sure you're not doing some of those. 
right? If somebody's talking to you, have you ever met people that you're talking to and they're scanning the rest of the room looking for bigger fish to fry? Don't you ever want to grab them and say, pay attention to me, talk to me? So make sure you're not one of those people. Number two is making every relationship feel like they're your only one or they're the most important one, right? So not only paying attention to them while you're together, and, and again, nothing replaces that interpersonal interaction, but get in the business of following through, not just following up, right? Follow up is a transaction. I send you an email, Linda, did you get that document? You say, yes, great, thanks, see ya, versus did you get it? Did you look at it? Was it what you were looking for? Did it have an impact in what you were trying to do? So follow-through is a process where follow-up is a transaction. Other things I talk about is adaptability. I talk about tailoring experiences for different relationships. Your relationships need very different things from you. So I'm happy to share with you and your audience what what I've come up with is is 10 kind of relationship impact moments that we all have in every interaction that I believe can help you not just strengthen what you do and how you do it, but really get – dramatically better results from your efforts so you don't just keep confusing what I call vibration with forward motion. Does that make sense? Does that resonate? It it makes total sense. I I mean, I am, well, first of all, I read your book. I loved it. Uh, I think everybody should get it. And I'm with you that every leadership, uh, this ought to be taught in business schools and it ought to be brought into into companies so that people can really understand this. But give us the 10 things. Sure. So very quickly, I'm I've sure already mentioned empathy. So empathy yep. is all about, you know, you begin with empathy, you walk in the shoes. Two is engagement. You've mm. got to show up. You've got to show up with every relationship. You, you know, put away the phone, put away the texting, get there. You know, I, I'm an old Eagle Scout. It was driven into us early on time. On time is late. So show up, show up on time, engage them in real time. Third is adaptability. You've got to tailor it. You've got to tailor every interaction, every experience based on what's important to that relationship. Four is perspective, which is change their lens, change their point of view, change their thoughts, change their approach to things. Five is conviction, which is bring a point of view. What do you stand for? What do you believe in? You've got to know who you are before you can help other people know who you are. Six is collaboration, which is make it stronger together. I've long believed collaboration for sake of collaboration is a waste of time. Collaboration to make the end result stronger is priceless. Seven is selflessness. So the more you reduce your self-interest, the more, the more you put others and service to others ahead of yourself, the, the, the more meaningful relationships you'll build. Eight is accountability, which is own it. I've got zero clients, you probably don't either, who have any, any interest in excuses of why something didn't happen. More and more people want accountability. It says, look, I screwed up or we screwed up, and here's how we're going to fix it. Nine is candor. Say what others won't. Uh, Jack Welsh, in his most recent book, wrote an entire chapter on, uh, in winnings on, on not enough candor in corporate America. We tell people what they want to hear, not what they need to hear. And the last one is 10 is improvement. Uh, unfortunately, I believe there's a dumbing down of corporate America that's going on. I, I don't want re- to lower anybody's bar. Uh, you got to up their game. you got to raise the bar. you got to constantly push people to be bigger and stronger and think bigger than they even perceived they were capable of. Yeah, I just absolutely love those 10. They are things that you ought to put, laminate, and put in your, in your wallet or in your whatever, your iPad, <laughs> so that you can look at them every day and think about how, how you're working that. 
So I, I just wanted to ask you about one, and then we're going to be coming up on break again. Uh, David, this time is just flying with you, but change thoughts and conviction. That sounds like that would be tough. How, how would you advise people do that? Sure. Sure. So, so I'm, I'm, again, you, you mentioned Alan Weiss, who was kind enough to write the foreword to my book. I, I am a big student of Alan's, and I love his comment about, you know, appeal to their logical self-interest. Now, first and foremost, you can't influence, engage or influence illogical people, right? That's just, you're not going to go anywhere. So, right. so initially, I try right. to understand where they're coming from, and, and I really try to, to appeal to what's in it for them. Everybody's thinking that, right? What's in it for me? Why should I listen to you? Why should I follow you? Why should I you know, partner with you? Why should I work on this project with you? So, so if they're not saying it, they're thinking it. And if you start from that mm-hmm. lens, you start by understanding where they're coming from. And if you are trying to change their mind, change their, which, you know, their mind is typically the toughest thing to change. Uh, you know, if you, if you focus on changing their mind, you have to articulate why and how they're better off because they're in this relationship with you. Why and how that future state, they will be dramatically better off, even if it benefits you. What's in it for them, what will be in it for them, has really got to be that, that, that you know, focal point. Um, so that's change. Um, the other things like you know, helping them, uh, you know, f- the skills, the knowledge, the behaviors that they currently have versus what they need to develop, what they need to learn, how they need to shift that, that approach. Uh, again, most people, if you show them success stories, if you show them success stories they can relate to, I think most logical people will want a better life for themselves, would want a better outcome, better results next year than they had this year. So the whole idea of selflessness and putting others yeah. ahead of yourself, I think can help you get there. But, you know, that's hard to do. And we've been saying this to leaders for years and years and years. I mean, Peter Block and his stewardship now, but, but, but now it's even more intensified. And when we come back from break, which we're going to be going off to in a minute, I want to talk to you about, you know, how does this fit with the multicolor, uh, multi-generational workforce framework and really explore that a little bit more? And how does social media, from your point of view, fit into all of this? So let's take a break. Stay with me. We're with talking with David Knorr, uh, really a leading expert in, in uh, building relationships that really matter and that have impact. So stay tuned. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that have done right really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. Game-changing technologies and strategies are transformational, exciting, and disruptive for a reason. They shake up your status quo. They get you thinking about new ways to scale, compete, and grow. 
They move you in amazing new directions. You're invited to take your coffee break with Game Changers on Thursdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time for our special series on the future of business. Learn how you can become the transformational leader who takes your company across the finish line as you look ahead to the next breakthrough wave of innovation. The Future of Business with Game Changers, presented by SAP on the Business Channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are tuned in to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. Or you can tweet the show at hashtag I Lead TLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, back to I Lead, the Leadership Connection. Welcome back. I'm Linda Sharkey, your host of I Lead, the Leadership Connection, and thank you for joining us. With me today is David Knorr. Uh, he is the author, uh, among numerous books, the latest, Relationship Economics, the Art and Science of Relationships. He does acclaimed keynotes and uh, workshops around the world and has what I consider to be a phenomenal perspective on the on the the kind of soft skills. I, I, I actually hate that word, but because I don't think they're soft skills. I think they're hard skills that people really need to 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 have in their in their really need to embody. And David gave us uh, the ten uh, characteristics and uh, that are essential. So, David, tell me, how does all of this fit into the multi-generational workforce? Uh, you know, how does your framework fit into that? Sure, great point. And, and, and this is the first time in, in our history that, that uh, most people can recall four, some would say even up to five generations kind of working together in the same economy. Right? Yeah. So if you take boomers all the way through, you know, X and Y and, and even some of the, 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 the greatest generation, that the, the World War II folks and, and, right. uh, and, you know, some of those folks are still around and they're still very productive and contributing. And so, so the challenge is um, we communicate very differently. We learn very differently. We identify with relationships very differently. We engage each other very differently, right? So, so um, you know, our school is not doing a pilot, uh, completely eliminating textbooks and running an entire year's worth of curriculum on, on iPads, right? So, so that, that son or daughter of mine who's in, you know, have young children, but they're going to come into the workforce in a few years. And, and 
think about what they're going to want and what they're going to need to to get work done. But they also define relationships very differently. Whereas you and I may define them as somebody, oh, that's a great friend. of no, How long have you known him? 20 years. The next generation comes to work. That's a great friend. How long have you known him? Oh, we met this morning. <laughs> right? So, so, well, so yeah. very, you know, just very different definitions of friendships and relationships. And they're very much, I hate to call it just in time, that they, they have a lot of contacts, a lot of connections, a lot of, you know, and, and, I, and I, you literally hear some of these things. I heard once in my, one of my client hallways, one of the Gen Ys talk about email. That's so 1990s. Right? Right. <laughs> so, so not right or wrong, just different. Right, my, exactly. my fear with the next generation that's coming to work is that they're very good at, uh, they've actually become technology dependent, right? So it's very easy for them to text somebody who, who works, you know, three offices down the hall from them, right? Versus right. go over there and, and knock on their door and, and talk to them for a few minutes. Um, so, so, so calling mom may not be in their nature. Texting mom is. Right. Yeah. So, so, so it's just, again, not right or wrong, just different and having to learn how to those three things, communicate, engage and influence. Right. Uh, the different generations are going to be critical. And I would submit that relationships can be that glue uh, from a mentoring standpoint, from a mentee standpoint, from a reverse mentoring standpoint. There are enormous opportunities that each of those generations at work can learn from each other about relationships. Yeah, I uh, I think that that's a really great point. I'm, you know, I'm wondering. I, I think some of this because I remember before texting came into play, I, I used to have a leadership team that I was working with. Actually, I was on the team, and uh, one guy, you know, we we'd have call in numbers, and he never came to the team meeting because he was, but he was sitting in an office three doors down, <laughs> and the group just tolerated that. Didn't. You know, but the message from him was, well, this is not important. You know, I don't, I don't need to engage with all of you. Sure. And, and it really was very destructive. Yeah, this is something your audience needs to hear. Email and in some ways texting is one dimensional, right? Phone yeah. conversations are two dimensional because I can gauge your tone, right? In person, it's three dimensional. And nothing will ever replace that interpersonal interaction. I can't see you rolling your eyes in an email. I can't see you crossing your arms in disbelief or distrust in a text message. I wasn't right? rolling my eyes, David, honest. I really wasn't. No. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you get my point is that we miss out on yes. those um, nonverbal kind of cues. Not, not just, they're not even cues, they're cues that tell us how to, and, and this is, goes back to being, being, you know, present, right? And showing up. And, right, there's just so little we can ascertain from text messages and from emails and from, you know, I use emoticons, those like everybody else does as well, but you're missing out on that interpersonal interaction. And Linda, my fear is the next generation is at work right now. They're very good at, again, the texting and very good at being technology dependent. Look at how one looks another, right, typically executive yeah. in the eye. And can they shake their yeah. hands and can they look them in the eye and can they articulate the bigger picture of what they're working on and the impact they're having on their relationships. I've seen most of them struggle with just that idea, that concept. Yeah, yeah I, I, you know, to, to your point, I think some of this stuff has got to be uh, 
brought in the open and workshops and discussions and and um, I, I and I want to ask you about your workshops. But before we get there, um, you know, what do you believe? What, what I, you you've talked about it a little bit, but. Um, where do you believe the next generation of social networking is going to take us? What, what, sure, sure. Great point. So, so you know, I, I recently did some research, and LinkedIn has got some like 380 million users, and of course, Facebook has taken off in a big way. And but let's stick to to kind of what I believe is the most prevalent social networking platform for business professionals, which is LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Right? And by the way. You know, I was I was user around like three thousand, so I've been on LinkedIn for several years. I can also attribute uh, six Fortune one hundred clients to LinkedIn, so it works if if you know how to build and nurture relationships, which technology becomes an enabler of. You mm-hmm. cannot abdicate your relationships to technology, so that's number one. Number two, um, if you think of a lot of the social networks that are that are available to us today, um, there are technologies trying to adapt to the way we behave. I believe the next generation of these tools are going to learn from every one of our interactions, what we do, what we like, our preferences, our taste, our prejudices, the types of, so for example, LinkedIn today, you know, they've written some algorithms that when you log in and when you, you know, it recommends, here's some people that you may want to connect with. Look through those pages, and I, I don't, I don't know any of these people. And and what they're trying to do is, they're, again, they're using, they're trying to use technology to to kind of mimic the way I would build relationships in the real world. Um, I've done some work with with the IBM. Now, do you do that? Do, do you do that at at all? I mean, do you, uh, because I get that all the time too. And do you do you yeah, go to look at those connections? I, I don't. And, I've I've looked through it, and I think yeah. this is this is the real key. I think most people would look at that list two three times, and once you realize. Yeah. I don't know any of these people. You start to realize right. that it's an algorithm that's trying to recommend to you, but it's based on a lot of flawed assumptions. And kudos to, yeah. to LinkedIn. And, and these people have done phenomenally well from a financial standpoint with their technology. But I've, I've reviewed, we've reviewed some hundred different, 104, 105 different technologies that at some point they, they, they communicate that they're in the relationship business, right? So think of, CRM software, think of, you know, Salesforce and think of, you know, so many of them are, are out there talking about relationships and within, within about a minute to about, I've gotten pretty good at this, within about three to five minutes, I, I can identify some flawed assumptions they've made in the difference between connections, you, you know, and contacts. I have your business card, right. I have your contact information, but we don't have a relationship, we don't have, if, right. if I don't know you, if I wouldn't recommend you in the real world, if I don't trust you, if we haven't spent any time together, you can't possibly tell me we have a relationship. And, and unfortunately, a lot of technology tools build, build on that, build on that notion with a whole lot of assumptions. So, so I believe the next generation of social networking, social media tools are going to get a lot more intelligent. They're going to get to know us a lot better. Um, and, and, and the recommendations are going to get tighter. They're going to become even more visual, much more in real time. Um, so think of, think of what would be really powerful. I land, I'm, I'm headed to Toronto tonight. So on my way in the plane, you know, who do I know in Toronto? Who do I need to connect with? How can I connect with these people in real time? More and more of that will be at, fa- at our fingertips and more on our, our smartphones than necessarily our, our desktops. 
Well, I really think that's the way to use it. But I have to tell you a funny story. I, I was working with a technology company in Silicon Valley trying to help them with a performance management system. And the leaders actually wanted an algorithm to see who, uh, how many times employees interacted with this one or that one uh, so that they could see if collaboration was really going across. Not encouraging yeah. communication. They just wanted to oh, sit sure. in their office and push a couple of buttons and see how yeah. many times Linda Sharkey, for example, sat down yeah. and, or, or had David Knorr on her schedule or whatever and are those the right people? I mean, it was really fascinating that people are sure. kind of, it's, yeah. it's to your point, but I did want to tell you, uh, interestingly enough, Reed Hoffman and Chris Yee, who was on the show, uh, wrote a book called Alliance. And even though uh, they are, you know, uh, Reed Hoffman is the founder of uh, LinkedIn, and Chris, she works with, with him. They still are talking about the requirements of leaders to build those relationships and alliances with their employees in real-time, personal, one-on-one, deep conversations. So, you know, your, your point is, well... Well taken. Stay with us, and uh, we're talking, we're coming up on break. Uh, stay with us. We have a question that came in uh, via email, and David, you know, if you can hang on uh, through the break, I'd, I'd like to uh, raise this question with you. I think it's a really good one. Happy to. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Dr. Linda Sharkey promotes fact-based solutions for global organizations and leaders that are known to drive business success. Do you want to put the wow in your talent practices? How about a spring in your leadership approaches? Coaching and leadership development are proven methods that, if done right, really do make good leaders great. If you want a no-nonsense, practical approach that will enable you to compete anywhere in the world with measurable results, contact Linda today. Visit lindasharkey.com. Again, that's lindasharkey.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Hey, did you know Voice America has partnered with the Kidstar Network to expand their reach through Voice America Kids? Voice America Kids will feature talk radio for kids, by kids, along with special event programming and live broadcasts. Each program is conveniently archived for on-demand listening at any time. Please check our archives for the latest events and happenings on voiceamericakids.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to iLead, the Leadership Connection. To speak to Dr. Linda Sharkey or her guest, please call in to one 866 Four seven two five seven nine zero. That's one eight six six four seven two five seven nine zero. 
or you can tweet the show at hashtag ILEADTLC. We'd also love to hear from you by email. The email address is radio at lindasharkey.com. Now, back to ILEAD, the Leadership Connection. Hi, I'm Linda Sharkey, the host of I Lead the Leadership Connection, and welcome back. And with me is David Knorr, uh, author, speaker, uh, great keynote speaker, consultant, has uh, some uh, great uh, instructor-led workshops uh, based upon his uh, best-selling book. And we've been talking about how you really create meaningful relationships and how important that they are, but that, that frankly, they've always been. But... In today's world, they're even more and more important as we're global and we have to build those powerful, deep, and impactful relationships. So we have a question that came in uh, through an email, um, and I think it really fits, um, David. So I want to ask you, this is from Vivek in Silicon Valley, and he said, you know, uh, it's, it's hard. He said, I know all of this is important. But sometimes the pressures of the workplace and the job, it's just exhausting. And I don't have the energy. I want to mentor. I want to build the deep relationships. I want to follow up. But sometimes too much time passes between when I got, when I, when I met that person and made that initial connection and when I follow up. What, what advice do you have? And by the way, I've had that experience myself. Sure. I mean, I have the good intentions, but then it doesn't happen. So what advice do you have? Yeah, so, so uh, unfortunately, uh, <laughs> most of us ha- have great intentions, but we get pulled away by life and by all the other important things that kind of take over and, 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 and take over our, our schedules and our perceived priorities. So, so, Linda, let me answer that question, and, and thank you for the, the, the audience member that, that wrote in through email. Um, what was that really important project you were working on in February of 2005? Well, most of us can't remember because projects are important, but projects come and go. Conversely, who was the first manager that really took you under his or her wings and taught you the business? Yeah, I can answer that immediately. You're right. Right? That's exactly right. Who were you with? You know, who, who, have you, have you met people that follow the same manager or same leader from, you know, different companies or even cross industries? I'm pretty much willing to bet you they're not following them for the benefit plan, right? Or for 10% more money. Right, so relationships are important. Uh, sorry, projects are important. Relationships are critical in really defining the graph, defining the, the person that we become. So, so you have to, no question, and I'm not advocating to your audience not to, not to focus and not to focus on executing. and not to, You have to find ways to integrate relationships into your daily tasks. So when I say the relationship should be the arrowhead, not the tail and the feather, um, whenever we're faced with a challenge or an opportunity, we often ask, what should I do and how should I do it? I want your audience to think about asking, who do, I, who do we need? Who do I know? How can I start connecting the dots with value add between the relationships I already have and the ones I need to accelerate my ability to get the results? You throw enough time, effort, money, resources at any problem, you'll eventually get there. One of the biggest assets about all our relationships is that they can accelerate your ability to get to those results, whether that's a project plan, whether that's a sales plan, whether that's a development plan, whatever it is, 
If you start asking more the who questions, what relationships do I need? What relationships do I have? How do I connect those with value add? I, I think you'll start to see relationships become a bigger part of your daily tasks, your functions, your role. Yeah, boy, that's just terrific. One quick last word. Yeah, I, 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 um, I want to I wrap up the way I started. You cannot invest in everybody equally. You have to find ways to become more intentional in the relationships you choose to invest in. It's a choice, and it's one that we make on a daily basis. Wow. David, I, I have to tell you something. I just thank you so much for this conversation. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, I learned a lot, and I learned a lot from reading your book, and I hope everybody will get a copy of it. Uh, contact David, because I think his re- – not think, I know. I've, I've, I've experienced uh, some of it. His, his workshops are powerful. Um, so I really appreciate your being here, David, and I look forward to continuing our relationship. My pleasure, Linda. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Uh, well, boy, that was just a great discussion. And with me next week, tune in, same time, same place. We're going to have another really great conversation with a gentleman named Jan Rutherford. Now, Jan was a Green Beret, and he came up through the bootstraps. He had a number of obstacles to get through to achieve what he achieved. And he did it through a certain kind of leadership. I think he embodies the leadership that that um, David was talking about, really building those strong relationships in an environment where that's not so easy. He was a SEAL, a uh, Green Beret, excuse me. And, you know, that, that's a tough group of people, um, good group of people, people that I admire, but a ver- uh, can be very, very difficult. So stay with me for next week where we're going to be talking to Jan Rutherford also an author. And then the following week, we're going to be having um, Alexandra Takeda. And the reason I'd like to highlight that now is that she and her partner have written a wonderful book about how you really do deep listening. And David said that at the very beginning of the show, that, you know, you have to really listen for intent. And we don't do that. And honestly, I know that. And I've been telling and teaching people to really listen for ages. And I don't always listen as intently and as deeply as I should. And whenever I don't, and invariably, I get into trouble. So we have a great lineup coming up. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of more terrific food for thought and for discussion. So as I'm closing off today's show, I'm thinking about my upcoming trip to Dubai, where I'm going to be talking about how you really leverage talent and put in place talent practices that make sure that you're dealing with fact and not assumption. And I'm going to be doing a talent uh, mastery boot camp. And the whole focus here is around those leadership dimensions that I mentioned to you before that are so essential when you're in a global environment. You know, when you're in your home country, you may be able to get away with, you know, uh, being more task-focused, being more driven, being less uh, intentional about your communication and your relationships because people sort of understand how they operate. But when you're in another part of the world, having that pragmatic flexibility 
where you really are able to understand people's values and peel back your own values and understand your own bias so you can build those relationships of trust that David talked about that are so essential. And so that you can also have perceptive responsiveness where you walk into a room and you know that people may not be quite connecting the way you'd like to. And you have to take that time to help them understand and to help them learn who you are and take the time to learn who they are. So I'm very excited about this keynote. I'm very excited about this global talent man- uh, management uh, boot camp that we're going to be conducting with Mary Pratt. And uh, stay tuned because I'll fill you in on, on uh, what happens. We're coming up to the conclusion of the show. And uh, I'm Linda Sharkey. I'm your host of I Lead, the Leadership Connection, and I look forward to having you with us next week. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of I Lead, the Leadership Connection. Please join Dr. Linda Sharkey again for another show next Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a successful week. Oh, 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 oh